to Walk Around the Block, where today we talk dinner time and my favorite stories of the week. Hello, hello, hello. Well, the relaunch of my soft launch to 2021 is going, you know, I would say okay. I made it to Thursday until I hit the wall this time, so that's improvement. Uh, I would say my little Google Calendar experiment is going, you know, pretty good. There's a decent chance that I'm running maybe, let's say, an hour behind on it at any given moment, but I do think overall it is working pretty well as far as productivity and things like that go. So, okay, so I have a few minor things to mention. First, I think I will be cutting my own bangs this weekend, maybe even later today, we'll see. I, I have a tab open on my phone called How to Cut Bangs at Home Like a Pro. It says it's an easy step-by-step guide. What could go wrong, right? <laughs> um, also, you may remember forever ago when I talked about how I started getting these daily Zillow emails for my two towns ago town. I am still not totally sure how that happened, but I do enjoy looking at them for a minute or two every morning and critiquing the listings with all of the knowledge I've accrued from my distracted HGTV viewing over the years. So a couple weeks ago, I opened up the email and you know, I'm still in bed, I'm still tired, but I'm like, that looks just like my old apartment. And then I click on the link and it is my old apartment. (laughs) I am pretty sure, by the way, I took a couple of the photos they're using in the listing. They look very familiar. Um, okay, so then this item is old, but I did mean to mention it. Home Goods is finally launching a website that you can shop from um, online. So I know like some of the charm of Home Goods is that you kind of never know what you're gonna get in each store. And there's always a few random things like a giant birdcage or a life-size unicorn that have to be seen in person to truly be appreciated. But I think the online option is overdue and I'm glad they're doing it, even though it won't be done until later this year. My husband, by the way, calls home goods, calls home goods, home bads because, because I made him go so many times when we moved into our last house. I almost can't even say it the right way anymore. Um, okay. So also I did do a survey on Instagram the other day asking people when they eat dinner and it felt like I should give a little context there. The most popular answer was between 5.30 and 6.30, although it was really close with 6.30 to 7.30. My guess is that means most people eat between 6 and 7. You know, like if you're on Family Feud, that would probably be the number one answer. But I was like, I feel like I need to do like a follow-up on this. It came up the other night because I'm realizing a lot of people where we live eat dinner kind of early, like 5, maybe 5 or 5.30. We never eat before 6. Like ever, ever, ever. If I even suggest it, which I rarely do because I might've mentioned I'm usually running behind, but like if it's 545 and I'm out and I'm like, do you want me to grab something on the way home? My husband is usually like, no, maybe not like 545, maybe 530, maybe 545 he would say, okay. Either way, we are for sure usually in the 630 to 730 camp. We shoot for like 645. The other night we ate a little early, and I do mean a little, 
And we were like, wow, it feels like, it feels like we have this whole night ahead of us now. Um, uh, of course, uh, it did not really leave an impact. Last night, I didn't even start making dinner until like 6.45. Okay, so I read a couple articles in the New York Times this week that I loved. They're sort of similar-ish, I guess. Um, I'll put them in the show notes if you want to read them. So the first one, this woman, Diana, she's 80 years old and lives in a retirement community in Yonkers, New York with her husband. It's like an apartment building. Some of it's independent living and some of it's assisted living. And when the pandemic hit, of course, there was a lot of concern about it spreading. So they told everyone they basically needed to stay in their apartments. Totally understandable. Uh, However, Diana was not really happy about this because she was like, we had no idea what was going on. No one was telling us anything. Also understandable. Uh, she was like, we didn't know who was sick, if anyone had died. I guess there was an email sent out by management or some sort of regular update, but it was kind of one of those things where it's telling you stuff, but like not really telling you stuff. They said that was because of privacy laws, which again, understandable, but on the flip side, also understandable, Diana was like, I'd had it. So she decided to start a newsletter called The Buzz. So she got a friend to proofread for her and got a printer who would make copies for her and got to work. The newsletter, The Buzz, launched in May. It was 12 pages long. She put it under the doors of everyone in the independent living apartments, 146 of them. Uh, Her friend, who was 86, said, this is a quote, we distributed them kind of surreptitiously. (laughs) It was making management be accountable and inform us what was happening. Because basically they said, please stay in your apartment. We will bring meals to you. And that was the end of that. So Diana said, we're going to do this. And I said, yay, right on. (laughs) She's a moving force. Diana started getting contributions from some of the other residents to cover printing costs. And the story says she started getting some of the workers there to be her sources to tell her things the residents weren't being told by management. Um, And then some of the residents started sending in items to be published too, like book reviews and things like that. One lady, I loved this, one lady sent her a poem that had this line, the TV is my company all day long. Law and order is keeping me strong. Uh, One lady who had submitted a bunch of poems said the newsletters were like having company. The newsletters have also been able to affect a lot of change, like the property's garden was open in August after they wrote about it being closed. So I I loved, I loved this story. I mean, I just love so many things about it. Like it's so empowering and resilient and speaks to the need people have for connection, even if they have to get creative about it. I just loved it. Uh, it also reminded me of this newspaper I started when I was in fourth grade, which is probably a story, another story for another day, but um, I do have a copy of it somewhere. I feel like I should go find it now. Anyway, so I also read this story about this 74-year-old guy named Frank in Dallas. So Frank used to play baseball when he was young, and a couple weeks ago, he read this book on pitching and kind of got the itch to start throwing again. So he's walking around the house, gripping a baseball this way and that way, and his wife, Alice, finally goes on next door and says, my 74-year-old husband would like to have a partner to throw the ball with. He's a former high school and college pitcher and is looking for a catcher or someone who knows how to throw a baseball. He's in good shape and loves baseball. So great. So this woman responds and says, my son is interested. And Alice is like, great. You know, how about three o'clock on Wednesday at such and such park by the tennis courts? So Frank, uh, Frank and Alice, they get there early. Frank's got some new, brand new baseballs and his newer glove that he got a couple years ago. 
and also a catcher's mitt that was like 60 years old that he had doctored up with some Gorilla Glue. Um, They weren't sure if anyone would show up, but sure enough, about 10 people did, including a local news reporter who'd seen the post and a lady in her 60s who just wanted to watch everything go down. So they all like line up in pairs and start having a catch. Uh, I was telling my husband the story, by the way, and I kept saying, so they met at this park to have a catch, and he was kind of like laughing, and I was like, what? He's like, it's funny how you say that. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, what are you talking about? Um, and he's like, how you, just how you say that. I was like, what, have a catch? And he's like, yeah. And I thought everyone said that, but he says that he thinks it's an East Coast thing. I didn't know. Um, I grew up there. He didn't. So I didn't know that. I was like, how do other, like, how do other people say it? Like play catch, which kind of sounded weird to me when I said it, but he was like, yeah. So have a catch, play catch, whatever. I will say before I go on, there is something sort of magical about playing catch, playing catch. See, I said it. I used to play softball. So I think it just reminds me of childhood or something. Early in the pandemic last spring, we found our gloves in the garage and totally went in the backyard and played catch for the first time. I think like ever. I literally stopped in the middle and grabbed my old bat and started hitting my husband grounders and line drives. I was like, see, you didn't think I could do that, did you? <laughs> He's like, no. Um, okay, so anyway, back to the story. So the, these people, they just show up at this park at 3 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon to play catch. Uh, one guy they talked to was 73 and didn't have his own glove, so he borrowed the one with the Gorilla Glue. And they were like, "What? Ma- so what made you decide to come today? And he said, Fountain of Youth. The opportunity to do something that I never expected to do again in my life. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Uh, The guy whose mom volunteered him was there, uh, a 26-year-old who's kind of in limbo. Like, he's wanting to find a job out in California, but kind of in limbo right now. Uh, He ended up playing catch with a 72-year-old who talked to him about what he'd majored in and what kind of job he was looking for. The story said, this is a quote, uh, it's not easy to imagine another setting in which these two might have met and talked, but a connection came easily here. The arc of the ball, tying them together like a string. Like, how great is that on every level? Can't you imagine this, by the way, like the mama next door telling your 26-year-old kid, you know, I told the guy you're going to the park. You better go to the park. Uh, but no, but like the guy's wife, you know, the, the fact that she thought to ask people, that people actually showed up. And then these people from all different walks and stages of life were able to just share something in common for an hour. Um, so I loved both these stories. I feel like the moral of both of them is like, do it. Just act on the idea or put yourself out there a little and good things will happen. I feel like maybe I would have the idea and then talk myself out of it. Like, what if no one shows up? And I mean, what if no one does show up? Then like nothing, right? Like you're still at the park on a nice day. Like obviously I know that. But I still feel like I need to get like at at least one person on board first, right? Like I'm sure I am not alone there. But I do think so many times people are like totally ready and willing, but they just need someone else to get the ball rolling first. So I am going to try to get the ball rolling more often. Not today, probably. (laughs) But soon, but soon. Um, all right, that's it for today's Walk Around the Block. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Walk the Block Pod or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, where you can also leave a review if you feel so inclined. Thank you to all who have left reviews already. I will see you next week. Bye.